Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, October 5th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Today's episode was supposed to be devoted to Sunday's Chiefs-Patriots game. The A-team gang of Sam Mellinger, Sam McDowell, Herbie T.O.B., and Vahe Gregorian would have dropped in to discuss all things Patrick Mahomes and company. Well, as you know, that got pushed back by a day. We learned Saturday morning the Patriots quarterback Cam Newton tested positive for COVID-19. So did Chiefs backup quarterback Jordan Tiamu. The announcement of the postponement came before noon on Saturday, and of course the game was scheduled to be played Sunday at 325. At the time, we didn't know when it would be rescheduled, but when no further positive tests were revealed on Sunday morning, the NFL announced then that the game would be played today, Monday, at 6.05 p.m. Now, this creates a bit of a jam on the Chiefs' schedule. After today, they're scheduled to meet the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday at Arrowhead and then play at the Buffalo Bills the following Thursday night. That's on October 15th. That'll be three games in 11 days for the Chiefs. Quite a pinch. We haven't talked to any of the Chiefs since the news broke on Saturday. That won't happen until after tonight's game. So for today's Sports BKC, let's keep it with the Chiefs to open things up. You'll hear from wide receiver McCole Hardman, who met with reporters on Friday. Hardman spoke to his role on the team and adjusting his game to align with Patrick Mahomes' arm strength, among other topics. After a break, You'll hear some game action from a couple of games this weekend. Kansas State's victory over Texas Tech and Missouri's loss at Tennessee will also drop in on the post-game press conferences of both coaches, Chris Kleiman and Eli Drinkwitz. KU also played this weekend, losing big to Oklahoma State. But a cool moment occurred in Lawrence on Saturday when the school unveiled statues of football heroes Gail Sayers and John Hadle. Oh, and one other piece of news from the weekend in Kansas City sports, and it involves Sporting KC. Alan Polito, who scored both goals in Sporting's 2-1 victory at Houston on Saturday, will play for the Mexican national team for their two upcoming friendly matches. One's on Wednesday and the other one's the following Tuesday. So Sporting will be without their talented transfer for what would seem to be at least a couple of weeks. Okay, so let's get started with McCole Hardman, and then we'll pick it up with college football after the break. McCole, it seems like every time you are able to get your hands on the football, it leads to success. Oh, uh, have you been able to just stay patient and, and continue uh, to go along with the, what is a, a very talented Chiefs offense? Yeah, you know, um, I understand my role, you know, and, and I know what we got on this team. And I know who's on the team, so uh, I'm not. I'm not really, you know, trying to be impatient. Anyway, you know, so just being patient. Whenever I get an opportunity, I'm gonna take advantage of it. And if it leads to touchdowns or big games, hey, I'm all for it. So I'm just, I'm just playing my role, man, and doing what I can do to help the team win. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Nicole. Um, wanted to ask you about the touchdown pass you caught the other day. When you went back and watched it on video, you probably see Pat really couldn't step into the throw because of some pressure there. I mean, when you, when you look at it that way, are you surprised he could still get the ball to you 50 yards down the field or whatever it was? And, and also, did it take you a while to get used to the big arm that he's got? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, asking your last question, it, it definitely took a minute to get used to the to the arm strength because something you go that you're not used to is like, 
Uh, I don't think I got to keep running, but you know, this it's a different kind of league. He's a different kind of player, so it never took a minute. I think it took the training camp, and after that, kind of you know got abreast of it, and then going back to the play. Um, but yeah, I, I knew he could get it. He can get it to me for sure. Like I mean, he got a big arm. Going backwards, sideways, no matter. I think he can throw it fifty plus every time. So I knew I had a good idea that he could get it to me. But I didn't know he was under that much pressure because I didn't even see the ball at first. And um, so I just sitting there, I'm like, oh, he threw it. So I know how to go make the play. So, yeah, I, I was very confident that he could get it to me wherever I'm out on the field. Let's go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, McCall, I'm, I'm curious uh, what, what, you know, you've had a chance to see the Patriots now uh, before. What, what, what makes them so special in their, in their defensive backfield? What do they do differently uh, in their coverages than everybody else? Uh, I think they got a unique, uh, unique like defense. I think Belichick do a good job of um, putting guys in the in the right place for them to succeed, and they do something different that, that a lot of teams don't do. They, you know, they're they're good at taking taking what what you're good at away, you know, and make you beat them other kind of ways, you know. So I think they do a great job of that. But as us as a team, we just got to go in and, and you know take advantage of what they give us. Just take what they give us and. Um, and then go from there. And then whenever the you know the big player presents itself, we gotta capitalize on it because they they're not a team that really give up big players like that. And um and the best way we could just keep you know nickel and diamond and nickel and diamond them every down all, all the way down the field, I think would be just fine. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Hey McCall, I'm interested. You know, seeing Tyreek be a leader last year for you as a rookie. Um, what has impressed you most so far this season when it comes to Tyreek Hill? Um, just continue the leadership that he have, man, and him continue to, to take on that role and embrace that role of, of being a leader and, and being that guy in the room, that, that number one receiver. And um, I think, you know, for anybody that, you know, the number one receiver and got there so much pressure on him and the pressure that we put on him to make plays every game, I think he handled it very well. So just see him do that, you know, it, it gives you a lot of motivation and, you know, a lot of confidence in yourself also with him because, you know, he when we need to play, that he can step up and do that. And, um, you know, we got guys around him that, that can pick him up as well if, you know, if, if he's not you know, um, doing what he's supposed to. But, you know, we, we don't really worry about what he not going to do, we just worry about when, when he going to do it, you know, so because he's a big play when it happened, and I think he, he do a great job of, of you know, uh, playing that role, like I said, that number one receiver and, and being a leader in the room. Let's go next to Darren Smith. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, McCall. I know we talk about it often about uh, playing mistake-free. That's one of the things that uh, Coach Reed just mentioned on just how good uh, and, and how smart uh, Coach Belichick teams are. How important is it going to be for you all to minimize and try to eliminate any mistakes that you all, you know, may have made, like, let's say, week two against the Chargers and trying to uh, to win this game? Then also, you had two weeks in a row without playing with fans. What's it going to be like for you to be back in back in Arrowhead playing in front of fans again? Yeah, um, going out first, we, we definitely got to minimize anything, turnovers, penalties, uh Mental mistakes, mental errors. We, we gotta, we gotta eliminate all those, you know. And, and you know, we, we can't play a perfect game, but try to play as close as perfect as we can, and that, that help us out in, in the long run. Because you know, th- this team that's coming in this week, they they capitalize off turnover, they capitalize off mistakes, and and they and they use that to to their advantage. And we just gotta, we can't beat ourselves, you know, going into this game. So yeah, definitely. But um, so going back to Arrowhead with some fans, it's, it's gonna be nice to hear some crowd noise and and some energy in the stadium and of things like that. So it's going to be pretty fun. I think we're going to be enjoying it, you know, um, having fans yell and stream. So it's always good to try to get back to normal. It's not a, it's not normal, but it's kind of like a new norm. So it's, it's definitely going to be uh, fun to have them in the, in the stands. 
Uh, let's go next to Todd Lebo. Go ahead, Todd. Hey, McCole, one more thing on your, your touchdown pass that you caught on, on Monday night. I don't know if you saw the, the breakdown by Ryan Clark on ESPN where they were talking about this play was kind of specific for someone like Marcus Peters because he could maybe peak sometimes. Was, was that a, a good breakdown of that play, or was it not specific for some like Marcus Peters to maybe be trying to cheat a little bit? Um, we knew we knew Marcus he a good corner, and we know around that 15, 20 yard market he he tends to, to look, you know. But I feel like with any defense we play, if you send ten across the middle, it kind of you gonna get your attention, you know, because he's so fast and um and what he can do, you know, you know, because what our offense set up to do. So um, I think he's just seen ten coming and and just like oh well, I'd rather jump this route than you know get over the top, but I mean, I, I think I did a good job of selling it out, you know, and uh, I think he thought that I wasn't going deep, and um, once he seen 10 coming across, I think that's what kind of like opened it up, and um, I think we did a good job of, you know, drawing that play up for sure. Let's go last to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, McCall, it's is interesting hearing you uh, talk about Tyree Kill and, and his leadership skills and everything that he has, and, and I know, like, to lead in the locker room, right, you got to be able to play. You got to be able to ball, right? The worst guy on the team isn't going to be the guy to step up there and, and lead. But from a coaching standpoint, Andy Reid obviously, you know, has you know a lot of leadership skills. It's clear that you guys really respect what he does, and that was true before he won a Super Bowl. I'm curious how much of that is because of his play calling, how good he is, right? Like he's not going to go out there and run 80 yards for a touchdown. But when you look over on the sideline, you know the big guy's got something that that can really make you guys shine. How much is that what what makes him the, the leader that he is? Uh, talking Coach Reed or Coach Reed Coach Reed yeah, uh, yeah definitely um, like you we did an example of like guys that can ball is the guys that you know the leaders in the room you know like Pat Trav you know Tyron and stuff like that so I think that does translate over to the coaching side you know because what Coach Reed does man, I think is unique man he, he put players or you know he used our skill set the best suit us he don't try to make us do things that we're not comfortable doing and um and his his offensive mindset is I think is top to none and I think with a guy like that that can make plays and make up a new play every single day and, and put it in the playbook and I think you you can't have nothing but respect for a guy like that who's been in the league many years and, and doing the same thing over and over and I think he's such a, a of a player's coach it, I think the respect just come with it when he talk you, you listen you know so I think if you have that effect on players I think he had it every everywhere he been every every past player that I've talked to always ask oh how Coach Reed doing it and I think that, that that speaks a lot man and um I'm happy to be on the team with him I'm, I'm happy that he's one of my uh, coach one of my first coaches and I learned a lot from him and he had taught me a lot so yeah definitely he's he a great leader I think on, on the field and, and his play calling is definitely top of mind. Hey it's Blair we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important please visit kansascity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening.
Okay, let's switch to college football. Kansas State picked up a hard-earned victory on Saturday, 31-21 over Texas Tech. The Red Raiders took the lead in the fourth quarter, but the Wildcats produced the game's final two touchdowns. You'll hear two big plays from the game, Jerron McPherson's end zone interception that ended a Tech drive, and then Deuce Vaughn's 70-yard touchdown reception that put the game on ice. After that, you'll hear from Coach Chris Kleiman, who offered an interesting thought comparing this game to the Oklahoma victory last week. And then you'll hear some game action from Missouri's loss to Tennessee. I picked out what I believe was the Tigers' best moment, Connor Basilak's 37-yard completion to tight end Logan Christofferson. After that, you'll hear Mizzou coach Eli Drinkwitz sum up the game. K-State showing heat on third and five. They bring only three. Columbia off his back for the long seed. It's picked off. program and by the guys and team it was a total team win against a really good texas tech team and uh, i told the guys we faced an awful lot of adversity through the week we faced an awful lot of adversity uh, obviously today with guys going down and different things but uh we kept battling uh, through the adversity and they were not going to let each other down and that's i'm just, we're just going to keep preaching that to the guys that uh, uh play for the guy next to you um play for each other and that's what they did and uh, so proud of of the fact that we were able to come back after being down 21 17 and i told the guys in the locker room that was as as great a win as the oklahoma one game was the week before this was bigger because we had a uh, had to bounce back from a big road win and we came back and played really well uh, against texas tech and and found a way to win start with john kurtz yeah, Chris produced to do what he did for you guys down the stretch again. I mean, what can you say about what he's been able to do so far? Well, he's obviously a special talent and, and really good with the ball in his hands. And I, I can't say enough about our offensive line today. Our offensive line showed up and, and played exceptionally well. Uh, we were down Cooper, uh, BB early in the game, so essentially five and a little bit of six guys with the two freshmen, Carter Willis playing a little bit, uh, battled and did a great job of opening up some holes, and uh, Deuce played really well and, and uh, had a ton of help with uh, uh, with the offensive line. give an update on Skyler and what his status is? I do not have any update on Skyler, other than they said he was just out. Did, did you take issue at all with the hit that he took that knocked him out of the game? No, I mean, it, it was penalized. And I, don't, I mean, one thing, Matt Wells is as classy a guy as there is. And, and so, no, I don't, I don't think it was. There was nothing malicious by it at all. It just, it's the game of football. Thanks, Chris. You bet. Uh, Chris, how did you go about managing Will Howard, given that this was his uh, first significant action today? And how do you think he responded out there? Well, he did a great job for us, and we didn't uh, we didn't open up everything for him. But he, Will can handle a ton for a true freshman, 
and they pressured him, and we knew they were going to pressure him. And, and the two third down plays that we were able to convert on that last drive, uh, one to Sebastian, he, he put on, on, on the money on a third and five that forced them to use every time out. And then the third and four or five, he hung in there against pressure and found Deuce, and Deuce makes an explosive play. And it tells me everything I need to know uh, about Will Howard. He's a competitor. He's a winner. He wants the, the stage, and, and it wasn't too big for him. And once again, Credit the offensive line. They did a great job protecting him. Hey, Coach, uh, what did you think of the way Connor came in in the second quarter and then finished the game for you guys, and how do you think he solidified himself maybe as your guy moving forward or not? Yeah, I'm not going to make any decisions right now, but I did think he played and handled himself well, handled the environment other than the one decision on the interception. I thought he managed the game really well and gave us a chance to, to move the ball and made some good throws, uh, made some good reads. So. Dave Matter, go ahead, Dave. Eli, how much do you have to adjust the playbook when you go to Connor full-time? Yeah, I don't. Yep. Peter, Peter Ball, go ahead. Hey, Eli, I guess why has Sean's rushing ability not been as much of an asset as maybe you guys had thought it was going to be at the beginning of the season? I don't know. Just just hasn't been. Maybe they're keen on it. Maybe, uh, I don't know, just hasn't been. What we uh, what what we need it to be, and you know we got to continue to find ways for it to be that way. Mitch Forty, go ahead, Mitch. Eli, you mentioned the slow start on defense. A lot of that was Tennessee running the ball. Um, I guess what what do you need to see different from your run defense moving forward? We got to stop people. We got to make tackles. I mean, we can't give up ten yard gains on second down. Um, you know, we we. They were four for four on fourth down. I think all of them were quarterback sneaks. Um, we, we just got to be we got to be better in the trenches. And we got to be better on defense. Suichi Tirada, Suichi, go ahead. Eli, a few drops last week, a few more this week. Aside from just talking about it, what, what do you? How do you address that? I don't know, but we got to address it. Four big drops, uh, two on third downs, one for an explosive play that uh, uh, would have been big for us. So I mean, those are you know. Uh, one was a, a one was a third down led to a field goal. The other one was a drive that would have been a touch. You know, I mean, had a chance to be a touchdown. The other one was a third drive and start the second half. I and mean, we can't can't can drop the football. Bill Pollock, Bill, go ahead. Yeah, Coach, um, you talk about winning in the trenches. Can you talk about uh, some things specifically, both with your defensive and offensive line that need to be fixed? I mean, I'm gonna have to go back and watch the tape. You know, I don't know. I think there was a couple times we missed tackles, but uh, you know, I, I'm gonna have to go back and watch the tape, figure out exactly what it is. Dave Matter, I think I lowered your hand on accident, but Dave, I think you had a question. Go ahead. Eli, just the way that the way that Larry's been running and the good things you saw from Connor, are you, do you feel like you're really close to clicking on offense, or is this still a long ways away? I mean, there were times I thought we were clicking pretty good. I thought Dame Hazelton did a really nice job getting open, and Connor and him had a connection. I thought, uh, you know, yeah, we were running the ball well. We were converting on third downs at, at, at flashes, but uh, there's just not the consistency right now. And I got to start and take a look in the mirror first. 
That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Randy Mason, Beth Wells, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Links to stories about the Chiefs and college football can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Every day you hear me talk about the Sports Pass offer. You know, the 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, including the E-Edition that has so many pages you don't have time to read it all. Well, we have an even better deal. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. So, two deals on the table. The 30 bucks a year offer still stands, and now there's a $0.99 cents per month offer. You can't beat that. Then there's the entire Kansas City Star product available for you as well. Sports news features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email, bkirkoff, that's B-K-E-R-K-H-O-F-F, at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. And you know, whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we will be back on Tuesday talking Chiefs Patriots. Patriots.